Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Your Bible, the book of Mark, chapter number 16. And if you've been around the Life Church for any period of time, you've probably heard this scripture used several times. Uh, but the book of Mark, chapter number 16, starting at verse number 14. It states, later he appeared, this is Jesus, to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and will be saved, but he who does not will not will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up certain serpents, and if they had drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So Jesus condemns them and rebukes them for their unbelief, and then he says, have a nice day, go do the will of the Father. And uh, again, if you've been around here for any period of time, you've heard this scripture probably preached a few times. Uh, But tonight, I would just like to simply preach to you for just the next few moments, these signs shall follow. These signs shall follow. And um, I apologize. I I did a little bit of a switch tonight with the media team, so I appreciate their their help this evening. But uh, I believe that God has something special in store for the Life Church this evening. I believe that God is in the process of doing and what what is happening at the Life Church, and I've said this before and I'll continue to say it again, God is in the process of elevating the Life Church and continuing to take us, as Bishop has said, that their ceiling would be our ground floor and just continue to go. And I believe that God is doing that. And we see in our text chapter that Jesus comes to his disciples and he rebukes their unbelief and his heart, their hardness of heart. But then he gives them the great commission, and we know that, and we've heard that, and we've talked about that. But I often wonder how many times we have come into the house of God, and we potentially have sat there with that same unbelief. I've been there. Where I've heard and seen God do great things, and I've seen people healed, and I've seen lives restored as the disciples had. But there are times where things happen, and Life can sometimes get in our way where perhaps we just become a little bit discouraged or perhaps our faith isn't where it needs to be. And in this moment we see that the disciples were particularly in this moment where they did not believe perhaps those who came back and said that Jesus is alive. He has risen from the grave. And I understand that this is nothing revelatory, that we know this story, most of us, that if if we've been in church for any myriad of time, we could probably quote this story to you. But I'm reminded throughout the Bible that there were people who knew what God was capable of, but sometimes they just may have had a moment of weakness, or perhaps it was they could not get over things or hurts or hang-ups perhaps, and whatever it was, there were people in the Bible that we see that settled for less than what God had for them. And we look in one particular story, it's all the way back in the book of Genesis, and we can look and we can see that as God had called Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he said, do not look back, but we know the story that Lot's wife looks back to where they used to be. 
and was instantly turned into a pillar of salt. And in my mind, I wonder, I say, you know, if I had just seen God deliver me and walk me out of this sinful place, what would my reaction be? But it, whatever the moment was, Lot's wife settled for less than what God had for them in that moment. We can look throughout the Old Testament and you can continue to read that there were time and time again that the children of Israel, God was trying to take them someplace, trying to do something with them, but they just, for whatever reason, in the moment or wherever they were, spiritually could not get a grasp on what God was trying to do. And then we fast forward to the New Testament and we read about Judas who betrayed Jesus and was critical of the church and had a critical spirit and he betrayed Jesus for silver and we know the story and then all of a sudden Jesus is betrayed in the garden and Judas runs out and he decides to end his own life and the reason being is that the grief was with him and he had so much more that could have been in store for him. And then we fast forward and further in the New Testament and we see that in 2 Timothy 4 and 10 it states, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. And we see that this is someone, again, who knew that God could do great and mighty things, not that they had never seen and they sat under some of the greatest preaching, under the greatest teachers. And Demas was with Paul and Judas with Jesus, but yet there was something in their life that potentially hindered them from going further to where God had called them to go. And in our lives, we come into moments and to seasons in our lives where there are things that happen where we potentially can get sidetracked or sideways if we're not careful with the things of this world where the enemy will try to use them to try and give us a negative light or if God didn't do this or why hasn't God done that or what is it that God is going to do when I can't see this or I can't see that and if we're not careful we can settle for less than what God has for us. However, I do believe also that if there are people who sometimes can get a little bit lost or can get a little bit hurt, that means that there is a God that can restore and there's a God that can heal. We know the stories and we've seen them, uh, the stories of in the Old Testament of people who left the first love and they went and did other things. And Samson is a great illustration of this, but he found his way back to a God who said, one more time, if you could just partner with me one more time. And throughout the New Testament, we see that God and Jesus in the flesh restores people time and time again. He heals their body and he restores their mind and their soul. The demoniac, Jesus restores him and brings him back. And he's sitting there in his right mind and he's clothed. The lepers, Jesus restores them. And it's one that comes back to thank him for what he has done. Or perhaps it was the dead that he raised. Whatever it was, it was that Jesus knew that if there were people that were down and out, there could be restoration. However, throughout scripture and throughout time, we read, and we see time and time again that there are people who we find ourselves very like the disciples. Where we might have to be rebuked by Jesus. Imagine that. Jesus has risen from the grave. And he's standing right in front of you. And he doesn't say, hey, I'm here. It's so good to see you. He rebukes you for your unbelief right off the bat. I can't wait till I get to meet Jesus. I can't wait till we get to heaven. Because sometimes I read the Bible and I'm just like, Man, that is some, that's how I would act sometimes. Like, not nice to see you, not, are, are you surprised? No, it was just, I rebuke you, now go do this. I mean, that's kind of that's cool, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of cool, that's, that's a cool God that we serve. 
But we could all place ourselves in these moments where we have had lapses or times where we have wondered, is this, is he talking to me? When he said that you're going to do greater than I am, when you're going to go out and you're going to do all these mighty things, was he really talking to me when he said that? Because here I am face to face with Jesus and he's rebuking me for my unbelief. But tonight I feel that in spite of all of that, Jesus doesn't leave them in the rebuke. Jesus would have been a great manager because he knew how to tear them down and build them right back up. He said, you know what? Because you've unbelief, he said, listen, I, I, I'm, a, I'm upset about it, but he says, listen, what I want you to do is go into all the world and preach the gospel. What I want you to do is go lay hands on the sick. What I want you to do is go cast the devils out in the unclean spirits. What I want you to do is go change the world. Why was he telling them that? He was saying that he was, it was a fulfillment of saying these things that I've done, you're going to do greater. But Jesus was telling them that even in spite of your humanity, your unbelief, your lack of faith at times, I can still work with you. I can still partner with you. But the caveat is those who believe. We may not be able to see the miracle sometimes. We may not be able to understand where God is reaching or God is trying to take us. And we're sitting there saying, God, I know that you've raised Jesus from the dead. I know that you've encountered my life, God. I know that you are there, but I just can't see it right now. But Jesus is saying, listen, I know that your faith may be low. I know it may not seem right right now, but I'm standing right here in front of you and I still have faith in you that you're going to change. I still have faith in you that you're going to make a disciple, that you're going to have a spiritual conversation that you're going to pray prayers on location and turn your world, your circle upside down. So Jesus tells them to go. But I love this that he says there is this caveat that we have to believe. He didn't say if you have unbelief. He said those, if you believe, the signs will follow those that believe. And let me just make this very clear. We do not seek after signs. That is not, that's not what we do. The signs follow them that believe. So if we believe, the signs are going to follow you. The proof is in the pudding. When you come across a spirit-filled child of God, when they walk into a room, something changes. The reason why is because the spirit, the anointing, the power of God follows them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll cast the devils out. You'll see great and mighty things, but you're going to make disciples along the way. Those that believe. And so in my life, I have seen so many times where God has just done supernatural things. It was just a few weeks ago, Pastor Justin, that we prayed for somebody right over here that had cancer, and that cancer vanished at the name of Jesus. These are things that we celebrate, but why does that happen? It happens that because we believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. If we're going to lay hands on the sick, we got to believe that God can do it. we got to believe that God can do it. Maybe just a little bit of belief, but we say, you know what? I've seen God do it before. He can do it again. I don't know about you, but I want the signs to follow my life because I have placed my belief in who he is. And I believe that there are Things in this world that are trying to take away from the belief in God. We know this. We know that the world has an agenda and that is to stop us from believing in the one true living God. But I do believe that in this room tonight there are people who refuse to bow to the spirit of the age. 
Saying, you know what, I don't care what the world says is normal. I don't care what the world says is acceptable. But I know in whom I have believed. And upon this rock I'm going to stand. I'm going to build my house. And as for me and my house, we're going to worship the Lord. The reason being is because if I want to see anything change, if I want to see anything happen, I know that the signs are going to follow me because I'm believing. in who I know what I believe in. We cannot bow. There is the same that understand that when the man of God, when the house of God, when the doors are open, when the spirit of God is moving, that we refuse to be critical of it. Just like Judas was. He was critical of everything that was happening. And the reason being was, was because he had sin in his heart. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have things of God following me than somebody looking back and saying, man, he had so much anger. He had so much bitterness. He had so much wrong in his heart. But that's Judas's legacy. That's what the story that we tell. But I'd rather be someone that said, you know what? He was faithful to the house of God. He was there. He knew how to worship. He knew how to pray. He knew how to seek God. He knew how to do whatever it took to get God's attention. And I just want someone to be able to say that when it's all said and done, that my legacy wasn't rooted in bitterness. It wasn't rooted in offense but it was rooted in that I believed in who Jesus was I don't know about you but I want my life when it's all said and done for people to say that that was somebody that believed in Jesus that was someone that had the proof in the pudding to say, you know what, his life wasn't just a nothing. He, he didn't just say that he believed in Jesus but everywhere he went he believed in Jesus and so these signs shall follow. And I, before, uh, two hours ago, had had something totally different to preach, but God just kept pressing on me, preach those, these signs shall follow those who believe. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you testimony after testimony, Brother Harvey, of times where I just have seen people partner with God and their belief inspired others to believe, inspired me to believe. And all of a sudden, somebody got a miracle over there and then somebody got a miracle over here and then somebody was filled over there and then somebody was filled over there. The reason being is that when somebody believes, it becomes contagious. Jesus told the disciples to go ye into all the world. And he knew that there would be opposition. But he knew that once the disciples showed up on the scene, that they would be having some signs follow them. And he said that those signs are going to be the thing that get people to believe. There's going to be radical transformation of people that used to be drug addicts, people that used to be into every situation, into everything that was wrong. But when somebody sees the turnaround, all of a sudden the proof is in the pudding. And they say that if that person can be saved, if that person can be transformed then all of a sudden I can believe in a Jesus that can transform like that hallelujah 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 and I don't know about you but I'm not willing to settle for anything less than who Jesus is Listen, there's a lot of counterfeits. There's a lot of reproductions out there. But I just want to know who Jesus is. I want to know what Jesus can do. Where Pastor Justin, I believe, preached about it on Sunday. Wherever Jesus is, I want to show up. I want to show up where Jesus is. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it sounds like. But I want to be where Jesus is. So, the story. Jesus telling his disciples, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. And these signs shall follow them. And I believe that in this house tonight, as Pastor Justin perfectly segued into this, that there will be miracle signs and wonders. 
wherever the church is. You see, with COVID, it pushed the church out of the building. And all of a sudden, miracles started happening all across North Kansas City, South Kansas City, East Kansas City, and West Kansas City. And all of a sudden, people couldn't begin to explain it. I'm not talking to you, Siri. Sorry, my phone and my watch is just going off here. But all I know is that all these things began to happen all across Kansas City. Why? Because we took the church out of the building. We were forced to take the church out of the building. And the message that pastor preached was that there was a, during COVID, I'll never forget it. He preached about the disciples were pushed into revival. They were pushed into revival. And all of a sudden, it became normal for us to lay hands on the sick outside of the walls. All of a sudden, it became normal for us to reach out to somebody and to just begin to pray for them in our home, in our community. And all of a sudden, things that may have been taboo before, all of a sudden, we began to see the shift. And Jesus told his disciples to go. And he said, you're not going alone. I'm going to send a comforter. But after that, there's going to be something that follows you. I'm sending the comforter with you, but there is something that is following you. I don't know about you, but as I walk through my life, um, it's easy. When you grew up in right outside New York City like I did, I, I always was paying attention to who was following me. I'll never forget, we were in um, Soho, New York. It's 2001. <clears throat> and the reason I remember it, it was right before 9-11. And we're walking down, and my dad is walking, and he's got his wallet. It's like hanging out of his back pocket. And I'm like, I, I was like, Dad, you should put your wallet away. Like, silly me, not thinking that somebody now has drawn the attention to my dad's wallet. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like probably 10 to 15 steps behind him. And I'm just kind of staring around looking at New York City. And all of a sudden, I see this guy that heard what I said and saw my dad's wallet hanging out. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy's about to take my dad's wallet. Now, the, kind of the funny part of me was like I kind of want to let it happen so that I could like run up and tackle the guy. Because I could have taken him. He was a little bit smaller than I was. I could have taken him. I could have got it. But I was like, you know what, that's a lot of trouble and a big headache I don't feel like dealing with. And, you know, 18-year-old Nathan has everything figured out, or 15-year-old, whatever it was, has everything figured out in his mind. And, you know, you know how men's brains develop. They're fully developed at 15 years old, fully developed. And every lady said amen. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, all right. So I said, Dad, get your wallet. And this guy that was right there stopped in his tracks and immediately turned around and looked at me because he wasn't paying attention to who was behind him. You see, when we walk into the room as spirit-filled children of God, what walks in behind us, the Bible states that there will be something that follows us. When we walk into the room, there are miracles, signs, and wonders. There are testimonies that follow you into a room. And I've come to remind somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that when you walk into your job, there are miracles, signs, and wonders that follow you. 
When you walk into your job and you hear that somebody has been diagnosed with cancer, there are miracle signs and wonders that are coming with you to wherever you go. The reason being is Jesus said, if you're a believer, these signs shall follow you. And I have come to encourage somebody tonight that the enemy has convinced you that you're on an island all by yourself, that nobody cares what you're doing, nobody knows what you're doing. But let me just remind you tonight that these signs shall follow them that believe. If you are a believer, if you're a child of God, there are going to be miracles, signs, and wonders that follow you. But it's up to us to activate. And so many times I, in my life, I just want to see God do something special. I just want to see it. And I've prayed, I said, God, I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see the deaf ears unstopped. And I've seen these things, and I've seen people that have in wheelchairs get up and walk. I've seen backs that were at angles suddenly healed. But it's something when we see these things. But we see them in our lives when we pray. I have a video, and I don't know if it's going to play. I gave it to them very last minute, and I apologize. Dr. Barry, give me one second. I want to lay the narrative of this video. It was about a month ago. We were at our house, and I went to check on the girls before bed. They were in sleep, and I went to check on them. And I walked into Zara's room, and the noise that was coming from her sleeping was frightening. It was absolutely frightening. And I'll, as a parent of a kid who can't really speak, she can talk, but she can't really tell you exactly what's going on. I was scared to death. And I went and got Daitha. I said, I said come here, we gotta, you got to hear this. And I got her out of bed, and we sat her up. And Dr. Barry, if you've got the video, I don't know if, if you can't hear it. I don't know if the audio is going to work. That's her talk, breathing, just right here, not sleeping, just breathing. Just right there, you and I. Trying to catch a breath. We called the hospital and we let the nurse hear her. And the nurse said, can you see certain things on her body? And we could. She said, well, if she starts to develop something here in her throat, you need to get her in immediately. She said, but you still need to get her to the hospital. As we walked downstairs and as I got dressed and we walked into the kitchen. Datha looked at me and she said, let's, let's just wait just a few more minutes. So I put Zara in my arms. My wife is in here. She could attest to it. I put her in my arms and I just said, by the authority of the word of God and the power in the name of Jesus, I said, I command this to leave right now in Jesus' name. Within 30 seconds, she jumps off my lap and she says, Daddy, I'm fine. Daddy, I'm fine. These signs shall follow them that believe. You see, when it becomes personal to you and you see God do miracles in your home at midnight when your children are sitting there, all of a sudden it takes on a whole new meaning when it says these signs shall follow them that believe. And I've come to tell somebody tonight that the enemy has painted you into a corner where you feel like you're all alone and there's nobody else. There's nothing in the room. You feel like Jesus isn't even in the room, but I want to remind you that Jesus is in the room and that what follows you is miracles, signs, and wonders, and you're able to make the disciples you're able to reach your family you're able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover 
this is what happens when somebody believes that even with just the littlest of belief, Jesus, I may not be able to see it right now, but you've done it before, you'll do it again. And all of a sudden we can say these signs shall follow. And I realize that what God is doing is something spectacular. And what God is reaching for and what Jesus was saying to his disciples is, listen, even though you botched it, you could have had faith. I told you what was going to happen. You botched it. But I still trust you to go fulfill the Great Commission. Because that's how grace works. That's how grace works. And the enemy has convinced some of you that there is no way that God could ever partner with you because of the things that you've said, the things that you've done, your lack of faith, your lack of unbelief. But let me just tell you, as Jesus stood before the disciples and he rebuked them for their lack of faith, he then said, now I trust you to go do what I've done. There are some of you here tonight, and I feel this in the Holy Ghost, that the enemy has painted you. He has given you everything that he's got, and you're sitting there saying, I don't know how God could ever partner with me. I don't know how I could ever make a disciple. I don't know how I could ever reach the world. I don't know how I could ever lay hands on the sick. Let me just tell you that you're in good company if that's the way that you feel, because the disciples were in the same boat. But Jesus said, I still trust you to go do what I have commanded you to do. Why? Because if you believe... Something has to happen. I believe in all these miracle signs and wonders. And I'm going to give another personal story, and I apologize for the personal reference, but I just believe that God is doing something special in the, in the church right now. I texted Pastor on Saturday, or Friday, excuse me, on Friday, we took our family up to Omaha, Nebraska. And about half the way there, I felt the Holy Ghost just impress upon me to pray for the safety of your family right now. For 30 minutes, I prayed for the safety of my family. And all I could think about, Bishop, was an accident, think about something tragic happening. But I just began to pray for the safety of our family. <clears throat> A few minutes later, Vienna says, Dad, I need to use the restroom. So we pull off to the exit and we get to the convenience store. And as I'm walking in to the convenience store, I have Vienna's hand here. And the way she was in this hand, I couldn't quite get the door. There was a gentleman, massive gentleman, and I locked eyes with him, and I've, I, I'm like, I've seen this man before. I know him, and I'm looking at him like I, I, he probably thought I was crazy, but I'm just like staring at him, and in my mind, I'm, I'm very good with faces, sometimes okay with names, uh, but really good with faces. I could remember everybody in my third grade class by their, first, by their picture from third grade, I could, third grade, I could identify them today. But names, maybe not so much. So I didn't say anything, but I look and he's got a massive gun hanging on his hip. And I was like, all right, I feel good. We're good. We're good. And I look at him and he just looks at me and I said, hey, thanks for opening the door for, her, for, for us. And he goes, no problem, friend. And just the biggest smile. And I'm just like, man, where do I know this guy from? And I look and as I walk in, I look out of the corner of my eye and he's gone. Like nowhere. Nowhere. Not like went that way or went this way because the gas station was here in the middle. And he was gone, like into thin air. And I'm like, okay, all right. And that's what we're doing today on a Friday. People are just disappearing into thin air. And about two minutes later, I get a text from my wife. And she says, there is a very troubled person 
outside standing on the corner of the place. Be careful when you come out. As the musicians come tonight, and as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, well, all of a sudden, I got to get, I got to get out there to where my family is. I want to protect my family. That's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get out there. So I, we get Vian outside, and all of a sudden, I just felt the peace of the Lord, just the peace of God. Now, mind you, I, I, up until this moment, I wasn't being all that spiritual. I was just thinking, I'm about to go out there, and I want to make sure everything's okay, and we're good. But all of a sudden, I just felt the peace of God. I said, in Jesus' name. I walk outside, and there is a man about 20 feet away from our car. And have you ever seen a video game where, like, it glitches and somebody just keeps walking into the wall, like one of the players, or it just looks like something might be broken on a video game? Well, that was kind of what's happening here. This guy was just standing there like this, trying to walk back and forth. But it was almost as if he was, there was a, a piece of glass that was barring him from us. And I'm like, all right, well, this is cool. So I told Vienna, I said, when we get to the car, I want you to get in as quickly as possible. And I said, and Vienna goes, okay, Daddy. And if you know Vienna, there's always a why. But it was just, okay, Daddy. And as soon as I got in the car, that peace of God was still there. As soon as I put our car in reverse, and I'm not exaggerating, that man stumbled forward and sneered at me as he walked into the gas station. What happened there? I believe that that man that held the door for us was an angel. An angel of protection. For 30 minutes before, I was praying for the protection of my family. I don't know what that man had in store, but all I can tell you is that the signs shall follow them that believe. When you feel God pressing on you to just get up and pray, it may not make sense, but just do it. The reason being is God might be trying to open something or to give your eyes to something and to say, you know what, I'm about to show you a sign so that you know that I've got you in the palm of my hand. As we stand tonight, uh, sometimes, I, again, I, we, we're human. I, I, sometimes I just say, man, it's, is, is what I'm seeing, is, am I making this up or is this really what's happening? But then God showed me. He said, oh, I'm showing you something. These signs shall follow them that believe. Because when we walk into places, we've got the authority over what the enemy is trying to do. And I just want to encourage somebody tonight. This isn't a revelatory message. I understand that. But I just want to encourage somebody tonight that you have more power than you realize. This power isn't just for miracles, signs, and wonders and to cast out evil and unclean spirits. But this power that God has given us is to go ye into all the world and to preach the gospel and to know that his word is going to back you up. Because it's one thing when you're in here with the safety of brothers and sisters of like precious faith. But when you're all alone in a gas station and you're saying, God, I don't know why I've been praying. I don't know what I've been seeing, God. But all of a sudden, God sends an angel by your way and says, you know what? Everything's okay, friend, because you've been believing. You've been praying. You've been seeking God. And God has heard your prayer. And I've just come to remind somebody tonight that the power of God is with you and it's greater than anything that the enemy has. I'm reminded of when Jesus said 
to his disciples, the things that I do, you're going to do them, but greater. So the Lord then, as soon as he tells them as Jesus, he, did, he ascends to heaven. But it states they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. This just isn't for the miracles, signs, and wonders, but it's so that when we reach those that are potentially hurt, they're desperate, they're looking for somebody, and all of a sudden says, Gee, God says, I'm going to back up my word right now. God is going to back you up every single time, every place that you go, because God is in the business of showing those that are around you just how great he is. <laughs> And I believe tonight that as we wrap this service up that God's going to do great and mighty things. There's going to be miracle signs and wonders in this place. So if you need a miracle, I want you to come down to the front. If you need a miracle in your mind or in your body, you can come down to the front. God's getting ready to do it. <laughs> but the best part about it is, is that when God does the miracle tonight, it's so that we can take it out of here and tell that these signs follow them that believe. If you need a miracle, I want you to come down to the front right now. Come down as close as you can. Bishop, Pastor Justin, we're going to lay hands on the sick and they are going to recover tonight. If you've got faith, I want you to fill in behind them. If you believe that God can do it, I just want you to fill in behind somebody right now. Right now, if we could, every hand lifted up all across this room. We're just going to pray for just a moment. We're going to pray for just a moment. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.